Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. It is a pleasure to have you here this morning. And uh, man, we are so excited about what God is doing, the things that God wants to do in your life. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Those of you at home, as you're joining us, we have a word to share with you this morning that uh, I really believe that God uh, wants to do um, something new in us, something that to, to, to challenge us. We started a new series called Reclaim. Everyone say Reclaim. There are things that we've surrendered at times where the enemy is either taken or things that we've surrendered due to laziness or apathy. And there's times that you may not recognize what's going on and things are taken from you that belong to you. And we started a series last week talking about reclaiming the ground. And many times when it's hard to, or, or, or it's really difficult to take ground back or, or to hold on to ground, we just give it up. This week, I want to talk to you about reclaiming your strength. Everyone say strength. Turn your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. I, I want to share a story with you about a man by the name of David. He was the man after God's own heart. And David was a leader of men. He, he, he was a man's man. Not only was he a great warrior, he was a great lover. Not only a great lover, he was a, a poet. He was an artist. He, he could write songs and he could play them. He could sing them. And yet he could go into battle and take on the biggest giants of the land and defeat them with no problem. Da David was a man's man. And so I want you to understand, there's a call today for men to rise up and be who God called them to be. Come on, somebody. Any ladies in the house that agree that we need some men to start rising up today, amen? I like how uh, Daniel looked at his wife real quick. <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 30, I, I want you to see what takes place here. Because what I'm about to share is going to touch and you're going to identify with a lot of what's going on here. Verse 1 of chapter 30 of 1 Samuel says, Then it happened when David and his men came to Zig, Zig, uh, Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on Negev on Ziglag. And they had overthrown Ziglag and burnt it with fire. What did they do? They burnt it with fire. I want you to see what happens in verse 2. And they took captive. Everyone say Captive. They took captive all the women and all who were with it, both small and great, without killing anyone. Listen carefully. They took everything, but they didn't kill anyone. And it goes on and says, and they carried them off and they went their way. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. I, I want you to see something here. Thank you, Randy. I want you to see what takes place. We have here, based on the evidence, over 600 men that have gathered around David that are coming back from a, from a campaign, from a crusade, as they were fighting, as they were battling. They come back from the front, and as they're coming back, far off in the distance, they see smoke rising up. And that smoke is coming from where they live where their families that they left behind. 
And as they see the smoke coming up, their stomachs drop or, or their hearts drop to their stomach. And in a panic, they begin to ride furiously to get back to their home. And as they get closer, they're noticing that as they're getting closer to their home, that the smoke is literally rising from the very place that they live. And as they begin to come into the city, they see everything is gone. And based on the evidence that they could see, only ashes remain. Their perception, however, was worse than reality. And many times when you see the evidences and all you see is the ashes of your life left, all you see is the struggle. All you see is the, the battle that you're going through COVID. You're losing your job. You're finding yourself struggling to get by. We got to move out of California. We got to relocate. Things are getting so hard. You know what? My, my spouse is sick. My, my, my wife is sick. My kids are sick. And you get to the point where you're losing loved ones. And all these things are going on around you based on the evidence. All you see is chaos. And you begin to panic and think everything is gone. Everything is lost. How many of you know that life can be difficult? And I've heard people say, man, God promised that God would would never give us more than we can handle. That's not true. That's not even biblical. Because there's been some things I've gone through that have been more than I can handle. We've gone through some things in our life. When we found out my wife was sick, that's more than we can handle. When my daughter died of leukemia, that was more than we can handle. You see, when you go through some things in life, not everything is more than you can handle. The word says God won't allow you to be tempted beyond which you can stand without making a way of escape. How many of you have ever gone through something more than you can handle? Right? We've gone through some things. But I want you to understand, God never promised life would be easy, but he did promise he'd be there. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Somebody say amen. Amen. That word reclaim means to demand demand or obtain the return of or to regain possession of. Reclaiming is about getting things back again. Reclaiming is taking back what was yours to begin with that was taken. And see, the problem, some of us have been in dysfunction and depression so long that you forgot that peace was yours at one time. And so we've gotten to the point that we've letting it go and we don't even pursue it anymore. I want to challenge you today. Based on this, it's time to reclaim your purpose. It's time to reclaim your peace. It's time to reclaim your family. It's time to reclaim your marriage. It's time to reclaim your relationship. It's time to reclaim what God intended you to have. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now see what happens here. David, he's already been anointed king, goes back into the, the fields. He's defeated Goliath. He's taken on lions. He's taken on bears. And now he finds himself with over 600 men who have gathered around him that have lost their wives They've lost their families, and they lost all their possessions. Come on, stay with me. They lost it all. And they blamed David for what they lost. Those of you at home are going to catch this. See, the reality is this. These are the same men that gathered around David when David was in the cave of Adullam. When David was running from King Saul, he ran and found a cave and he hid out there. And all of a sudden, 400 men gathered around him. They found him. But David didn't draw the best of the best. 
David drew. Now, what the word says, these men, according to the word, it says these men were in distress, they were in debt, and they were discontent. These jokers were messed up. from. They were tore up from the floor up. Their lives were a mess. They came to David in debt. They came to David depressed. They came to David disconnected. Their fam- They didn't have their families together. They had. Now, I want you to see, they were distressed. That word distressed means to be under stress or squeezed by life. Have you ever been in a place where you felt squeezed? where you couldn't even breathe, that things were coming against you so hard that you can't even get up, you can't move. They were squeezed by life. They were in debt. The creditors lorded over them, and they owed more than they could pay. Have you ever been so, you had more more month than you had money? You, 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 run out, you, run out of, you, you run out of money before you run out of bills? And you find yourself, you're working hard and you just can't get out of that situation. And they were discontent. They were bitter in their souls. Now, have you ever been around a bitter person? What a beautiful day. Oh, it's hot out here. Oh, I just love this breeze. Oh, it's cold. They always find something negative with what's going on. They were discontent. They were bitter to their souls. When someone has a hurt that's never been healed, it becomes bitter. They have unresolved issues. And so now you you can mention someone's name and all of a sudden, because they're bitter, they bring up that past. They bring up the hurt. They begin to, they just begin to spew gossip and bitterness. These men had, all they had were broken relationships. That word discontent meant they didn't have any healthy relationships. Now stay with me. These men were, what were the three things they were in? Distressed. Let's say that again. Distressed. In debt and discontent. How many men had gathered in the cave of Adullam? There were 400. So by the time we catch up with David here in this situation, he's grown from 400 to 600 men following him. And they're no longer distressed. They're no no longer squeezed by life. They're no longer in debt. They got money in their pocket. They got homes. They got possessions. They, got, they may not have a Bentley, but they, they, they're driving their Toyota. <laughs> Things are good. That they, they got the house with the white picket fence. Everything is good. They got their dog. They got their family. They got their wife and their 2.5 kids. Everything is going good. They didn't have anything before David came in their lives. But I want you to see, everything they had was because of David. Everything they had was because of what David did for them. David showed them how to be giant killers. David showed them how to live and overcome in life because David knew what it was to be in debt. David knew what it was to be squeezed. David knew what it was to have broken relationships. His father didn't even invite him to the anointing service. He wasn't even thought of. Listen carefully. When they get there, all they see is ashes. See the G.I. Joe laying there and the Barbie. They're like, man, my kids aren't here. Everything's gone. Now, let let me read to you verse 3 of chapter 30. When David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Come on, man. There's not a man in here, a father in here. 
that can read that without it moving in your gut. There's not, not one of us that can, that can look at that and say, man, I, that, that's, we, we feel it. We, we know what they're going through, the, 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 the distress. What would you do if you were on your way home from work and as you drove up, you saw your house was burnt and your family was gone? This is what they're going through. Verse 4, then David and the people who were with them lifted up their voices and they wept until there was no strength to weep. They're crying. They're, 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 they're just literally in, in tears or laying there. They're getting sackcloth and ashes and they're looking all day. Every time they, they, they wipe their eyes, they look up and all they see is ashes where their family used to be. Where, when they left for work, their kids were playing outside. Now the, now the big wheel is out there and it's half burned by fire and the kids are gone and the, the PlayStation isn't being used anymore. All those things, everything is gone. Everything they work for has been taken. And they cry until there's no tears left to cry. Let, let me, for, for those of you at home, those here, have you ever cried so much that you had nothing left to cry? Oh, come on. Have you ever been in that place where it just you're, you're so, oh, God, how can we go through this? Lord, what's going on? And all you look and all, all you can do is cry. And you try to get up and you can't get up. And all you do is cry. And all you do is cry. And then you get to the point that you can't even cry anymore tears because you have nothing left. They are in such distress that this blows me away. They have no tears left to cry. And it's not just that the stuff was taken. You can replace the, the, you can replace the flat screen. You can replace the, the bedroom set. You can replace the couches, the cars that were taken. But you can't replace your family. And all that's left is in ashes, and they realize as they're crying, they're, the, the men are sitting there, 600 warriors, 600 men that, that David has taken and, and turned these bunch of jokers into men of valor, men of war. And they're, they're sitting there, and they're crying, and they cry, and they cry, and they finally get to the point that they begin to wipe their eyes because they have no more tears to cry, and they're like, they do what every one of us do in crisis. Whose fault is this? How many of you know that whenever something goes wrong, the first thing we look for is blame? Come on. Has to be someone's fault. Someone has to pay for what just took place. And what's a trip is this. These men had nothing until David came in their lives. And now they're blaming David for everything they lost. Listen to me. Have you ever poured your life into someone, given your best to them, did your best to help them out of a tough situation, and then you help them up on your feet, and then they end up blaming you later on when things go bad again? I, I know that's never happened to you, Chaplain John. I know in the recovery, everyone just comes and says, thank you. <laughs> in success and failure, no one ever blames you. In a, as a pastor, I've never had anyone accuse me. I'm lying out of my teeth right now. 
I had a person leave the church one time and said, you've never been there for us. I sat there and I said, you know what, you're right. I apologize. Sorry I wasn't there when your mom passed away. Oh, I'm sorry, I was there. In fact, I'm the one that did the services for her. And we helped you during that season. Oh, wait, wait a minute, I wasn't there when your uncle, oh, you know what, I was there for your uncle's funeral as well. We were the ones that helped you through that season. Oh, you know what, I'm sorry, we weren't there when your kids were going through that struggle. Oh, wait a minute, we were there during that time when your kids were going through that struggle. People have a short memory when they're in crisis. I'm not saying that you have to defend yourself. I, I shouldn't have said that. I should have just let it go, but my pride kind of jumped up a little bit. I'm just, I'm just being, I, I'm not as saved, I'm not as sanctified as some of y'all, okay? But they, these men, when they realize everything is gone, they're tired, they're weary, they're exhausted, they're lonely now, they're hungry, they're discouraged, and they're devastated. And whenever you're hurt, you want to hurt someone else. Whenever you're in pain, you, wanna, you want someone else to experience it. See, the thing these 600 men don't understand, listen to me, the thing these 600 men don't understand was that David lost his family too. He lost his family. He lost his possessions. He lost everything as well. You see, it's very easy to take aim at the leader. You want to lead? You want to help people? Get ready to be blamed. You see, when you experience the pain of loss, it's difficult to recognize that someone else is experiencing something too. When you're, when you're overwhelmed with your own pain, you're not looking to understand someone else's pain. Come on, church, talk to me, right? When you're going through your struggle, you don't want to hear about someone else's struggle. They, they, they point their finger at David because David has to be the one that's responsible for this. Look at verse 6. Moreover, David was greatly distressed. Everyone say distressed. This word distress means to bind or to attack, literally to become emotionally unstable. I'm talking about the man after God's own heart. He is emotionally unstable. One moment he's smiling, next moment he's crying. Next one moment he's, he's okay, God can do this, then he has no faith. It's over, it's done. Have you ever been in that bipolar spiritual moment of your life where you're believing God in one moment, but you have no faith in the next? David is in this distressed situation. In fact, it literally means to be tortured. Have you ever felt tortured in your soul as your, 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 your flesh and your spirit are fighting between one another? Anxiety rises up, uncertainty overwhelms you. You could be sitting there having a cup of coffee, life is great, and then you just feel this overwhelming anxiety come over you. This, this just blows me away. Let's go, let's go back to the, to the scripture here. It says, moreover, David was greatly distressed because of the people spoke of what? Stoning him, killing him. I feel modern day, these guys are ready to... They're coming after him. You're responsible for us losing everything. They forget he's responsible also for you gaining everything. 
See, l- listen carefully. Just because you give to people, don't expect loyalty. Don't expect loyalty back from what you've invested into people. We don't invest into people because as a minister, I don't ex- invest into people expecting loyalty. I expect for them to get healing. I don't expect loyalty from them. I- I'm giving because that's my call. I- I'm preaching because that's my call. I pray for you because that's my call. I stand in the gap for you because that's my call. I don't expect loyalty. Even Jesus, when the people came to him and told Jesus, listen, we want you to be king. We want you to stay here. He says, no. He knew the hearts of humanity. He knew how fickle they could be. See, I love what uh, Billy Graham says. He says, if you live on the praises of people, you will die by their criticism. He goes on and says this, look, and for all the people were embittered. Everyone say embittered. embittered. Each one because of his sons and daughters. Now, they had a right to be embittered, but I want you to see this, this word embittered means when the offense gets to your heart. Let me try this side. When the offense comes to your heart. How, how many of you have been offended before? Some of y'all are offended right now by this message. <laughs> if you've ever been offended before, it, it's one thing to be offended and then they come and say, hey, I'm sorry that, that uh, what, misunderstanding or, you know, what, X, X, Y, Z. Okay, you know, we, we can get over it. But embittered means that the offense hasn't just gotten to my head, it's gotten to my heart. And when it gets to my heart, it's harder to forgive you. When it gets to my heart, it's harder to talk it out. When it gets to my heart now, I want you to hurt the way I'm hurting right now. It's about getting even rather than solving the problem. And these men are at that that point. They are literally enraged against him. These men that David raised up to become warriors. Now, David's a bad man, but he can't beat 600 of them. And they're talking about stoning him. This man, how many men are are coming against David? You you mean to tell me, out of 600 men, there's not one of them, not one, that would stand up and say, hey, guys, come on. Remember what he did for us? Remember how he brought us out? Remember how, remember how you, you didn't have anything and now you have a wife and kids? If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have any. Not one of these jokers came to his defense. Majority doesn't always mean right. And over 600 of them are coming against David. And I love what David does here. He's at his low point. And what we're talking about, listen, you're not always going to be in a winning season. Even the Patriots experienced that. I hate the Patriots. It was a fumble. It was a fumble, it was a fumble, it was a fumble. Okay, I got, I'm embittered. It's gotten down to my soul, okay? But even the greatest teams, the greatest dynasties go through losing seasons. You're not always going to win. You're going to go through some seasons in life where you're going to experience some losses. Oh, I'm talking to someone right now because you can't handle the losing season. We want to give up. You don't give up in losing seasons. You get up, you rebuild, and you prepare yourself to come back stronger the next time. 
David killed the giant. He was anointed king, took on the bear, took on the lion, did great things, led these 600 men to success. But not every season you go through will be one of victory. There comes a point where you can't wait for someone to come to your defense. Oh, come on. Dads. When we as fathers, husbands, leaders, we go through things, we don't always share it with others. Ladies, I, I, I admire you because you have an openness. You guys just have this openness. And you walk in and ladies see that you're going through something. And they all run over to you. Oh, what's wrong? What's going on? Do you need to talk? Sit down. Sit down. Here, here's some tissue. Here. That's what ladies do. We see a guy walk in with that look. We're like, oh, man, he did something. Hopefully it's not catchy. Because when a guy goes through something, we internalize it. And I'm talking generalities here. We don't open up very often. And the only time we do open up is when it's already too far gone. Amen. That's good. There comes a point, listen carefully. I'm almost done. Stay with me. There comes a point where you can't wait for someone else to encourage you. Now, I called pastor. He's not there. Went to the office. There's no one there. Called Cisco. He's not answering his phone. You know, I, I sent a message on, on, on Facebook, and they're not responding. There comes a point in your life of alone. Amen. There, there comes a season that you're going to go through by yourself. And no one else can help you navigate that. No one else can, can pick you back up again. No one else can pat you on the back. What David does is verse 6. Look at verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. There comes a time where you got to tell yourself, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like praising. I lost everything, and everyone wants to take me down. Bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Satan, you will not get glory in this. I'm going to get myself up. I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to get back into the fight. I am not going to allow myself to stay. I'm going to reclaim my worship, reclaim my blessing, reclaim my anointing. He strengthened himself. Man, you guys are getting me fired up this morning. Man. It's usually the second service that acts like this. Man, take that second service. Remember, David found himself in a situation where he was distressed, which literally meant to be emotionally unstable but the word strengthen take a look at this means he goes from unstable to firm goes from shaky to powerful when you strengthen yourself and so some of you need to learn how to strengthen yourself 
You are so dependent on other people coming and giving you a word, reading a Facebook post, having someone encourage you. You walk in with that sad look, waiting for someone to tap you on the back and say, are you okay? Is everything all right? Listen, I can't depend on you to lift me up. I can't depend on you to give me the force to stand back up again. You need to learn how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Somebody shout and give God glory. He found the recovery of his moral courage. That word, that word strengthened means to grow strong, to become firm. It's used over 300 times in the Old Testament. Why? Because we need strength. It means to be courageous. And I want to speak to the men for a second. It means to act like a man. I ain't leaving you out, ladies. Sometimes y'all need to act like a man. You got to pull yourself back up again. You got, you got to dust yourself off. You, you got you to encourage yourself. You got to learn how to depend on God. You need your relationship with God on your own. You can't depend on someone else. So how do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? I close with this as Randy helps me. There's three questions or three things you need to do. Number one, you have to know where to go. Now, notice this. David doesn't even talk to these 600 men. He doesn't encourage himself to say, okay, guys, listen, this is what went wrong. For, forgive me for how things took place, but these are the things that we were going to do. He doesn't even talk to them. He encourages himself in the Lord, and then he knows where to go. And then secondly, he knows who to call. And then thirdly, he knows what to ask. Number one, I want you to see this. In verse, thir- verse seven, then David said to Abinathar the priest, He goes straight to the priest. He doesn't go to all those other jokers out there. He goes to the man of God. And he says, listen, I need need direction. So he knew where to go. He goes exactly to, he knows where to go. He goes to the priest and asks the priest, listen, stop running to everyone about your problems and start going to God when you're in the middle of a battle, in the middle of a struggle, and you need to hear from God. Go to God. Go to God. He knew where to go. Number two, notice this. He says, then he said to Abinathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, please bring me the ephod. The ephod represented the presence of God. He goes, bring me the ephod. I want to worship. So he brings the ephod to death. You got to know who to call. He knew where to go to the priest. But then he calls on the name of the Lord while he's there. When I tell you about, my pro- about a problem I have with someone else, I'm not fixing it. You can't help me with my problem. You can't help me with my issue. David didn't go to the men. He didn't even tell Abin after the priest, and these guys want to kill me. Doesn't even say that to them. He calls and goes directly for the Lord. In times of loss, you need to hear from God. Come on, we need to hear from God. Verse 8, David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue the band and shall I overtake them? Final point is this. 
He knew what to ask. David asked the right questions. But, but notice, David doesn't ask any questions until he strengthened himself first. He waits until he's encouraged. Then he asks the question. The problem is we're asking the wrong questions. We're, we're asking the wrong question. Well, who's responsible? Who did this? Well, what did they do? Who does, who's to blame? And when they're asking the wrong, how do I get even? Who, why, why me? Why is this happening to me? And we're asking the wrong questions. When you're hurt, you ask the wrong questions. When you're healed, you ask the right questions. Stay silent until you're healed. Be quiet until you strengthen yourself. Because some of the questions you're asking are causing more problems. See, discouragement causes you to ask the wrong questions. If you're discouraged, hold your tongue. I've been there. That when I'm discouraged, I end up asking the wrong questions. As I close, I want you to see what, what the Lord tells him in verse 8. He said to him, pursue. Let me, let me clarify that. Let Reclaim. Reclaim. For you will surely overtake them, and you will rescue some. Partial. Pieces, fragments, you shall recover, you shall recover, you shall recover your family, all, not part of your family, all your family, not part of your finances, all your finances, not part of your money, all your money, not part of your health, all your health. God says, I'm going to give you back everything that the enemy took from you. You're going to go reclaim. Get up, pursue, and get it all back today. Come on, somebody give God praise. You will recover all. There's nothing wrong with crying as you stay standing. For those of you that didn't stand up, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. My, 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 my. Just stretch your hands out towards them right now. You guys know I love you. Listen, listen as I put this to rest. There's nothing wrong with crying. Loss hurts. Loss is devastating. There's nothing wrong with crying when you've gone through a tough season. But once you're done crying, strengthen yourself. you're done reclaim once you're done reclaim once you're done reclaim I want to challenge you today some of you are thinking what you lost is all gone my word says that I'm getting all back all back You know what I love about my God is I don't just get all back. 
I get back with interest. Because when they go after the Amalekites, they defeat them. And they take all their stuff. So you don't come out of this thing even. You come out always blessed. And a... Your season's about to change. Your season's about to change. You're about to walk into blessing. You're about to walk into increase. You're about to walk into a new season of not loss, but breakthrough, of blessing. Father, we pray right now for every person, both online that are listening right now and those that will listen later on this week. We decree everything the enemy took. Lord God, our marriage, our children, our finances, our health, our peace, our dreams, my God. Lord, right now in this moment, we reclaim. But before we reclaim, we strengthen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I'm not letting the devil win. Not today, Satan. I'm not letting you win. You may have taken, I'm getting back. You may have taken, I'm getting back. I'm taking it back right now in Jesus' name. Heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here right now and there's some things you need to get back. I want you just to wave your hand at me and just, Pastor, I got some things I got to go after. Yes, 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 yes. See hands going up all over. Online as well, just give me a little hand emoji right there. Let me know that you're also believing God to get some things back. Father, I pray for every hand that you see right now. That whatever season that they're going through to get their daughter back, get their family back, get their peace back, get their health back, get their sanity back. Get right now in Jesus' name, Lord, restore to them the joy of their salvation. To get my joy of serving God back again. Get my sobriety back. Lord, right now, to get my family back. Lord, get my marriage back. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I speak over each and every heart. Get my peace back. Lord, I feel like I'm battling demons every night. I lay my head to rest. I got this battle going on in the mind. I speak peace over you. Get it back. Get it back. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I receive the promise of restoration and I will do my part to strengthen myself when no one else can strengthen me and then I will pursue and reclaim everything that belongs to me in Jesus name amen amen come on give God a shout of praise this morning. Lord we bless your name we bless your name Right now, heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here, both here and online. You're here and maybe you're not where you need to be with Jesus. You know about church, but it's been a while since you've had a relationship with God. I want to give you that opportunity to just reclaim today your relationship with God. I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, simply lift your hand in the air. I want to pray with you. One, the Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Two. Come on, search your heart right now. Why run from God when all he's going to do is love you when he catches you? As I say this final number, if that's you, left or right, front to back, just lift your hand in the air. Ready? One, two, three. Lift your hand right now. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, over here, God bless you. Over here as well, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. I want to pray with you. Those of you online, would you let us know as well? Just say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I want to reclaim my relationship with you. I believe 
that Jesus died on the cross, rose again three days later because he is the son of God. I receive it in Jesus' name. And I make a choice to be a follower of Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. For those of you online, if you said that prayer, would you text the word alive? And those of you here as well, text the word alive to 408 340-7703. That's 408-340-7703. Text the word alive so we can reach out to you. For those of you at home, we love you. Till we see each other again, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.